Welcome listeners to another episode of Listen, Learn, and Love hosted by Richard Osler. My guests on today's podcast, which have been on the podcast before, two people I deeply admire and respect are um, Tim and Aubrey Chavez. Welcome to the podcast. Thank Thanks you. so much. It's good to be back. And I reached out to them because um, Restore is coming up, a Faith Matters gathering on October 12th through 14th of 2023. And I People generally know about Faith Matters and Restore, but there may be a few of our listeners um, that aren't completely aware of this um, wonderful conference. So I asked um, Tim and Aubrey if they would come on and talk about this conference, talk about the goals, the objectives, who they hope attends. Um, They're going to talk about a discount code they're going to give to our listeners um, to register on the website. Um, Just by way of background, a real personal story is. We had a son on a mission in 2019 that was struggling with a mental health issue that we had not figured out at the time. And um, in December of 2019, Tim and Aubrey came to our home in Salt Lake City. That's before we could do podcasts via Zoom. And we recorded episode 199 because I had heard them on Faith Matters and just wanted to have them share their story. But in the course of our visit beforehand, I felt impressed to open up about our son's situation. And Tim said, let me tell you about my situation that occurred during my mission. And Tim um, was working through the same thing our son was working through, scrupulosity. Tim went his whole mission without a diagnosis. And he shares that in episode 199. It's really brave. But Tim became the safest person for our son in Samoa um, because Tim was in the same foxhole. And knew exactly what our son was going through. And he, Tim and Aubrey are an answer to our prayers. And I'll do anything for the rest of my life. Oh. Um, seriously, for the gratitude. Because prayers are answered through other people. And often, as parents, we pray for our kids. And we had a really wonderful outcome because we had good therapists. But we also had Tim, where my son with his intrusive thoughts could open up. And the next podcast we're releasing after this one is Dr. Deborah McClendon who's just released a book about scrupulosity. So I want to learn, if you're just hearing about scrupulosity, coincidentally, for the first time, we're not going to talk about it anymore in this podcast, except <laughs> you could go um, listen to episode 702, be the one right after this one, and learn about Dr. McClendon and her work. And as a parent, as a person, you might get some get ahead of the curve. We didn't know what we were dealing with. We had no exposure to this as we were raising up our kiddos and we wish we had understood this because we could have helped our son. But thank you, Tim and Aubrey. And I'm grateful for that random impression to open up to you. Yeah. Um, you know, I, and I, if I can just add, I mean, it's clear that you were um, operating to me, clear to me that you were operating under inspiration as well. And that your, your son and what he was dealing with were on your, were on your heart because this is before we had started doing the faith matters podcast. So there was really no reason for you to be, um, very aware of us and you reached out and invited us to come. And that's why, you know, that's why that connection was made. And, um, I'm, I've just been so, I'm, I've been so glad that you, um, that you made that happen both for your son's sake. And you also gave me additional courage to talk about, to talk about OCD and scrupulosity on our, on our podcast. And I think, you know, even if that reaches just one person and lets them see and understand what they're going through and, uh, and start to find ways to get, to get help for it and support, then that's, that's worth it. And that I was, it was sort of like a, 
when, when we talked about on, on both, it was really raw and difficult. I don't want to, I don't want to pat myself on the back and say vulnerable, but it, it, was, was, vulnerable. it, it was hard to talk about. It, 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 it feels was, had never, we'd never talked about it. Was it was very yeah, unplanned because we, yeah. we recorded the podcast and then we started talking about this and you went back on the podcast spontaneously yeah. to talk about your own screw. <laughs> yeah. And, and so I'm, I'm really, I mean, just so grateful to you because I, I feel like in the Latter-day Saint community, you've done as much or more than just about anybody to continue to get word out about this. And that's what, that's what people with OCD and scrupulosity need to need to hear is they just need to hear it described and say, Oh wait, that sounds like me. And that can be, that can be a real turning point. Well, thank you, Tim. And you're just, we're so the Osler family, Ben in particular, us as parents and all of us and, and your both of your work in so many areas is so needed. So um, now, listeners, I think we're going to talk about Restore, um, but just saying it's good to know some of that history. So you're executive board members of Faith Matters. You've been there for, you know, since the beginning, I think. But talk about Restore. Uh, this is the second annual Restore event. Well, I'll just say since since the beginning, so we weren't, we weren't a part of Faith Matters at the very beginning. We were actually, we were we were benefiting from faith matters. Terrell was um, hosting the podcast at that time. And, um, and so we were just soaking up everything they were doing and eventually just reached out to say, we, we just want to be in these circles more often. So like, how can we help? And, and so it was, they were still new when we got involved, but from the very beginning, they, all of us had always wanted to gather. It just felt like if you're experiencing some sort of faith expansion, one of the first things that goes is this feeling of belonging, because it seems like if you're not able to follow the prescription exactly, this, uh, and I, and I mean, maybe specifically like a very like rigid black and white prescription, then you feel like an outsider in your own ward family. And I don't think that's, that's necessary, but I think it's an experience that a lot of people have. And we were definitely having that feeling. And so we were sort of finding ourselves um, in, in situations in our spiritual lives where we were really good at fitting in, like we could totally look the part and do the things, but it was excruciating on the inside to feel like if people really knew who we were, then they would know that we don't belong. (laughs) And, you know, if they really knew what we thought or believed, then they would know we were imposters here. And, and so it felt so important to gather because the more we spent time with people who had that same feeling, um, the more, he, the more belonging we found. And it, and it was, it was such low hanging fruit, but until we heard other people, um, expressing the things that we were feeling, we really did believe we were the only ones that in, in any given room in our church, we were always <laughs> the only ones. And so, so gathering became more and more of a priority because I think you instantly can feel that belonging return when you can sit down in a room and look around and know that everybody has had these thoughts and you're still you're still good. And so, but then COVID came and we just kind of had to put this off. It wasn't really an option until 2022 last year. And so as soon as it seemed feasible and like it wouldn't be irresponsible to have a large event post COVID, um, we decided to make this happen. And it was such a special weekend. I think even the whole team, as we were preparing for Restore last year, I don't know that any of us really understood what it was going to be until we walked in the room the night before it started and, um, just saw the seats and saw the setup. And, and then, and maybe it was even the morning up. I remember, 
as people were starting to trickle in that there was just this energy that you could feel. Like if you'd walked in with your eyes closed, you could just feel that something was alive in this room. And it was so rejuvenating from that moment on. And, and I think for me that the experience that I was having was just this deep, um, piece of feeling like I really do belong here that like everybody knows what that, you know, faith can be a roller coaster and we're all just stretching and growing. And everybody in this room is on a slightly different page and you belong exactly, exactly where you are. Nobody has to fit in or, um, pretend to be anything else. And, and for me, that was really the gift of that weekend. And it's what we're hoping to create again this year. Yeah. And I I would just add from my end, when we first got involved with faith matters, I, I was, I mean, I think both of us were, it's fair to say we're in the midst of an ongoing faith crisis that had been, you know, many years in the many, many years in the making. And, um, perhaps at that time, you know, in 2018, we were a little bit more settled, but, um, but still, um, you know, but still struggling, especially like Aubrey said, with, with belonging and, um, the part of, part of what's been interesting is all of these people in these, in these faith matters circles for us. And I include you in that, Richard have been models for us of this, not just a change in vocabulary, but a change in perspective of faith, faith crisis to faith journey and faith expansion. And that did not make intuitive sense to me at the time we started with faith matters. It started to, it started to click a little bit more over the you know, two or three years after we, after we started volunteering and, and helping out and doing the podcast. And I feel like at restore itself is where that concept of sort of going from faith crisis to truly faith expansion and embracing an expansive faith. It, it truly at that, in, in those couple of days made intuitive sense to me. Like I, I got it. And it, there's something completely like Aubrey was saying, completely irreplaceable about being with, being with people and having a small circle of trusted people who you can be totally vulnerable and real with is indispensable. And so important. There's another, there's another feeling when, when you're in a room with a couple thousand people, all of whom truly, you know, feel like brothers and sisters on a journey, on a journey of faith. And in it, you know, obviously the, our wards and stakes can function that way in their, um, in the, in their best versions of themselves. And we hope that when people come to restore, they feel that they feel that belonging, that feeling of being part of a Zion community. And they take that home with them to their, to their wards and stakes. We're certainly not in the, in the business whatsoever of saying, no, come here to be nourished. You know, that that's not the only place, but there, there is a real situation that people find themselves in where they're, they're not finding that, that belonging for a variety of reasons. And you've talked about probably all of them you know, over the course of your, your work. Um, but I think restore for us at least. And I think for many people based on, uh, you know, the comments that we've gotten in the last year, it has served as that rejuvenation and, and an inspiration to be able to take, take that home with you. Love that. Keep sharing. <laughs> I'll just add, I think, I think that's exactly it. That when you feel in, in my experience, that the more whole that I feel, the more capable I am of of taking that feeling back to my community. And I think when when in the most difficult um, 
faith growth stages, I think I have felt defensive. Like I've had this very defensive posture. And so it's made me feel more isolated because I feel like everyone must assume that I don't belong. And so when you, when you feel totally whole and comfortable with this idea of growth, then I think naturally you feel like you're able to offer that belonging wherever you go. And that seems to be the thing that flips the switch for me. Like when I can genuinely love other people in whatever their stages, then I also feel belonging. And I think it, it actually, it reminds me of what we were just talking about with OCD. Like when, when you're sharing something vulnerable, I really believe that the healing flows both ways. And, and I think that for me, a lot of times, my feeling of isolation has been the thing that is stopping up love because I, I stopped being able to offer that to anyone else because I'm, I feel so protective and, and threatened, um, with my own belonging. And so, so I, I think to, I like what Tim said about that. This is, this, this feels like a tool for kind of moving from faith crisis to faith journey. But even more than that, I, I think it was this incredible experience of not only feeling like, okay, this is okay, but like faith growth is joyful and like exhilarating. And this is such a good thing. And it just felt like, it just felt like a full two days of, of, um, yeah, of, of like a net positive. Like this wasn't a thing I was trying to overcome or, or cope with. It was just so wonderful. And it was, it was so exciting to be in a room with people who understand that feeling, like understand that, that we all believe that we're supposed to be growing and that we're going to be in different places and that that's a good thing. And, and, and that's a healthy part of community, not a broken, not a broken part. Yeah, it was a, it was a celebration. The, the word that comes to mind when I think about last year was, is, is celebratory, you know, and that doesn't mean that there weren't tough topics tackled on stage and, you know, some uh, moments that were moving in a difficult kind of way. Um, but at its best, I think what Faith Matters does is points to the real beauties and gifts of our, of our faith tradition, as well as embracing as much as we can. This is the model that Joseph Smith proposed 200 years ago. Let's take truth wherever we can find it and embrace it. That's, that's Mormonism at its, at its truest. And I think, and I think that was modeled, um, by the presenters and the musicians and the artists who participated last year. And I, I expect that'll be the case again. One of, one of the themes that emerged from last year's, I'm, I'm so excited to see what emerges this year. And it is, it does have that sort of like organic feel to it. Um, but was this, this concept of, of faith development, uh, Jared Halverson spoke last year on a, a framework of faith development that he has, and he puts it into three stages. He calls it uh, creation and then the fall and then, and then atonement. And uh, Jennifer Finlayson Fife also spoke about de development, uh, sort of very similar. And it's interesting to see how these frameworks all align. She spoke it and spoke about it, um, in the context of sexuality. And then Brian McLaren got on stage. He was the, the final speaker on Saturday. And we actually just released, um, just released his talk on our podcast feed. If anybody wants to go back and listen to that from last year. And he spoke about his, his framework. It's a four stage framework and his stages are simplicity where everything's black and white complexity where it's still black and white, but you see that there's a puzzle, a sort of jigsaw puzzle that you have to piece together to make everything work. And then the next stage is called perplexity, where that puzzle doesn't seem to be coming together and you become uh, more about the questions than the answers. And the danger of that stage is, is to fall into cynicism. And the final stage, uh, harmony, where you see the gifts of, of each stage previous in it and incorporate them. And we, 
one of the things that we realized, we, we did a little Q and a with Brian right after his presentation on, on stage last year. And we had this quest that we had this question written down that was, how can we create a stage for church, a harmony church? And what we wanted, what we were hoping for in that moment in our hearts was, okay, we want the pews to be full of Brian McLaren's and Jared Halverson's and Jennifer Finlayson's fives, Jennifer Finlayson fives. And Brian Right. It was just right before we got up, corrected us. That's not what we're looking for. We're not looking for a stage four church. We're looking for a four stage church where everyone, regardless of their stage, is truly welcome in the pews. And so for someone to say, someone in perplexity to look, you know, sideways and say, oh, that person's in simplicity. They don't, they don't understand the questions I have. Or for someone in simplicity or complexity to look at the, at the person in perplexity and say, where's their faith? They, you know, they've just got to, they've just got to buckle down and, and, um, you know, go through the, go through the, um, the steps that are required to, to have a testimony. Um, those are, I think that that's not, um, that's not the type of church that I think Jesus modeled. Um, he was, uh, uh, he, he went everywhere, you know, and I think anyone would have been able to sit in, in his pews and, I, I actually think that our, our church is, can be a really beautiful model of that. We've got all the theology. We've got wonderful leadership who in many cases, obviously, it, uh, you know, wards and stakes um, uh, can affect people in different ways. But I do believe that at its core, our faith tradition is about embracing everybody at every stage. And we're hoping, we're hoping that that's a, a takeaway again from this year's Restore. That it's not about getting anyone, even yourself, into a particular stage. It's accepting, it's accepting everyone where they are. And so I would add, when you're asking who is who is this for, I think, I think it's for anyone who wants to be nourished. But I think that can look like, you know, if you also feel totally nourished in your regular ward and and at general conference, if that's just filling your cup, then this will add to it. I think it's if you are in a place where you really think maybe there is no God and we're alone and trying to figure this out on our own, I think you'll find nourishment there. And, and I would say, especially for people who are just experiencing some tension, who want, who want to believe something and are, but are also just struggling for one reason or another. I think that this is a place where you can, um, find some relief and some, and, and some belonging, like we keep talking about and, and, something that feels like good fruit to you, like something that will grow and stretch and feed your soul. And, um, yeah, I think I, so I hope in some ways it's really for everyone, but, but I think that maybe that like the magic (laughs) key is that you can sit next to someone who's having a completely opposite experience and you both belong. And, and that I think is the thing that is, is so healing, but I want to also add, so Tim and I just had a conversation with, um, a, a, scientist named Dacker Keltner, who wrote a book called awe. And I've been thinking about this all morning. I think that, so he, he talks about this, um, that awe can be, it's the word that we use when we experience something that is vast and mysterious and we feel reverence for. And, um, and for some people that happens in religious settings, but he, he comes up, they've been studying this in a, in a lab actually for 15 years. And so the, his, his, um, lab has created these eight 
these eight, what he calls eight wonders of life. And these are, these are places where people most often experience awe. And I was thinking about that today because I think awe is totally universal. You don't have to have any specific belief to experience awe. We're just as humans capable of this, of this, um, this transcendent experience. And so I was going through this list and, and I think that this is what we've been trying to create with restore without even realizing it. And, um, so one of the things, one of the things he says is the most common way that people experience awe is when they witness moral beauty. And so we'll have some of that this year. We have Daryl Davis, who is, um, he, he was a piano player, but he has been credited with de-radicalizing something like a hundred or 200 Ku Klux Klan members. He's a black wow. man and, and he, he just has this incredible story and, it, and, and you experience awe when you hear his story, because there is just this moral beauty that is so profound. And then something else that we haven't even talked about that is, um, really important to us in restore is finding incredible music. So instead of just one incredible musical experience, it will be just packed throughout the day. And if you only came for the music, it would be worth your ticket <laughs> price. I mean, it, it, we just have, we just have, some really unusual and diverse musical experiences planned last year and and this year too. We'll have um, MCO, millennial choirs and orchestras who are bringing a full orchestra and 800 wow. people to come sing. And in wow. a room that big and it will be like surround sound and is going to be incredible. And then um, Brandon Flowers from The Killers will be coming to sing, which will be a totally different experience. We have the Luke's Choir and the Deborah Bonner um, Gospel Unity Choir. Unity, say gospel that, choir. Unity yeah. gospel choir will be coming for some gospel music and, and there are more. So music is a way that people experience awe. And then also he talks about visual arts. And, and, um, if you were here last year, you know, that in addition to being an event, it is also an art show and we'll have, um, written vision is coming in. Esther Kendari has been working so hard to curate an art show for restore, like to find, visual representations of the struggle that a lot of people are experiencing and, and finding visual representations of, of things that are resonating with, uh, Latter-day Saints or, um, people who are, who are people of faith, who it can be complicated sometimes. Um, so that's visual. What else? Oh, epi epiphany is another one on his list. And hopefully there will be lots of epiphanies during the, um, during the presentations. That was a huge one for me, like just hearing someone articulate something that feels totally true to you, but you've maybe never been able to put into words. That's the experience of epiphany and, and the feeling that that creates is awe. So hopefully even, you know, if you walked into the room and sat down and you, and even if you didn't believe in some kind of higher power, you're going to have this experience of awe. Oh, collective effervescence collective, yeah. is one. And if you have never been in a room where I mean, last year, I remember this moment there were, so there were 1500 people, about 1500 people. And Thomas McConkie is leading a meditation and it was so silent, but like the intensity of the silence was completely matched by the intensity of the energy in the room. And I've never felt anything like it. I had a friend who came in late during a meditation <laughs> and she just, she like walked in the back door, like what is happening? Because you cannot hear a sound, but you can feel everyone in the room. And it's just, that is this experience of, of awe. So I think it's for everyone. And hopefully, you know, I think different, different aspects will speak to different people. And I think we all have a different spiritual language and, and ways that we feel connected to something higher than ourselves, but hopefully there's just, there's this buffet and you're going to have something that really speaks to your soul.
and I'll add to, I just love that Aubrey's insight there. I really do think that the awe and, and wonder are words that sort of encapsulate what we're, what we're going for. And I'll, I'll just mention a little bit more about presenters to some of the usual suspects, um, you know, Fiona and Terrell Givens, Patrick Mason, uh, Jennifer Finlayson Fife, um, uh, Jared Halverson will be there. Um, <clears throat> Thomas McConkie, but some really incredible, um, others as well. Like Aubrey mentioned, Daryl Davis, um, we, uh, uh, several other, uh, speakers that are not part of our faith tradition, but I think have the same, the same spirit, Lisa Miller, who is, who's a scientist at Columbia that studies, um, spirituality, uh, Pete Enns, a Bible scholar, um, who wrote the sin of certainty and many other amazing books. Um, I think it's going to be, I think it's going to be really special. Oh, MacArthur Krishna, who's done so much work and writing on, on the heavenly mother. Uh, oh, um, oh, John Gustav Rathall and Tom Christofferson. Um, We'll be speaking on LGBTQ issues. Um, one of them that I am most excited about, and actually, this was probably the number one piece of feedback that we got last year. Why wasn't Adam Miller there? And Adam <laughs> Miller, Adam Miller will be coming. Um, for those unfamiliar with him, he's a an amazing Latter Day Saint philosopher and theologian who's written um, some really incredible books. His his most recent is called Original Grace, and if you haven't read it yet, can't um, uh, can't recommend it strongly enough. Um, anything you else you want? Steve Young. Oh, Steve Young, Steve Young. Of course, yes. And then. Uh, also we have, so I don't know if you mentioned Jody Moore, Jody Moore's coming back, but we're going to do this sort of like live podcast style this year. And she's going to be talking about moving from faith crisis to faith journey. And she just, she actually just completed a course that, um, that faith matters will be, is producing or is produced. You can get it now, um, on faith journeys. And, and so we actually asked a few days ago on social media for people to just send us, um, persistent thoughts that they have that are causing pain in their faith life or their church life. And within just a few hours, we had dozens and dozens and dozens of responses. And the thing that was so flooring to me is that there were probably three that were just repeated in different language over and over again. And so, and so Jody's going to talk about that and talk about how we can um, use some of her coaching tools to sort of work through some of the stickiest pain points. And um, yeah. And so I, and, and hopefully also it's just healing to know that you were not the only one in the room who said, this is your hard thing, like your hard, quiet thing that you don't want to talk about because there were so many in common. Like it was, we could almost just sort the comments into these three columns. Also, Stephen Sharp Nelson, Nelson, I don't know if you're from Piano Guys, he'll be playing and, um, and speaking. And then we have poetry readings happening throughout the day too, which we didn't do last year. And I think is going to be incredible. George Hanley is coming and he's coming and speaking. And then we're going to take a break and go outside because there's also, I think what it's called this year is an annular eclipse. And so everyone will get eclipse glasses in their swag bags this year. And we're going to go outside and see the eclipse eclipse happening live. We were working yesterday with, um, we hired this incredible event planner, um, this year to help us with the logistics because we need some experience. And she was, she was saying, you know, the thing that she said, I've been doing events since 1995. And she said, the thing that is different about this event is that instead of a big speaker, like the big keynote, one big speaker, it's just the whole day long. You have like, if you, if you pulled everybody who's coming and asked who they're, who they're most excited about, I bet you would get like, you would just, you would hear so many different answers because there are just so many incredible guests who all have expertise and, um, 
just thoughtful conversation to bring to the table that is so diverse. And that, and so I think that they'll all speak to different people. So that's um, something that we're really proud of. And, and, and also just, you know, proud to be associated with in these Latter-day Saint circles. Like there are just so many people who are, who are working in their little spheres of influence in really meaningful ways. And it's exciting to bring them together and like see them on the same stage. It's just wild to, to watch them get up one after another and, and, and share these really life changing insights in so many different fields of study. So hopefully that will be the experience people have. Did we say Brett and Brandon Stewart? So not only are MC, is MCO coming, but Brett and Brandon Stewart who started MCO, the brothers, and they're like prodigies. They're, they'll be coming and performing. And so Brandon's going to play the piano and um, you'll get to meet them in person. And they're just so dynamic. It's so fun to watch them. Um, but also just the incredible talent is is just like nothing we've ever seen live. Yeah. And I'll just say um, to... From I, I want to speak a little bit to the financial side of it. Um, obviously, tickets have a have a cost, and if we could, we would make this we would make this free for everybody. I want to emphasize Faith Matters is a is a nonprofit foundation. Uh, we have one employee, uh, you know, and and contractors that help us with with things, but nobody nobody makes any money from this. Um, the the final receipts are not in on Restore, but we don't expect it to make any money at all. Um, hopefully the uh, hopefully the 20% discount code helps. If you are feeling called that you need to come to restore and it's truly the, the financial consideration is a deal breaker, then please email us. It's info at faithmatters.org, I-N-F-O at faithmatters.org. And we can make special considerations for people that um, really want to be there and can't afford it financially. We, we don't want anyone to miss it for that, for that reason. And I'll just emphasize, because this blew my mind when we started planning last year, and we were talking about ticket price. I was like, how is it possible that we have to charge this much? Because <laughs> you just, you rent the space and like, then that's all you need. Like somebody bring a microphone. And I did not <laughs> understand that like you can spend hundreds of thousands of dollars just making sure that people can hear and that people can see. And so this is like a whole new world to me, but we, we are doing everything we can to keep the the ticket price as low as possible, including making the event a little bigger this year so that there we can <laughs> spread the load a little bit. So last year we capped it at 1500 this year, we need to cap it at 3000 and we are getting, we're, we are not sold out. So, so definitely if you still want to come where there's room for you still, but we're getting really close and we have to cap it at 3000. So anything we can do to figure out how to keep the cost down that we're doing. And, and, and definitely like Tim said, we have, we have some exceptions, some scholarship opportunities. We really don't want people to not come because it's expensive. Um, but yeah, this is not a money maker at all. Like our, our only goal is to cover our costs for this event. And, and this is, um, we, we see this really as a gift. Like we want to keep making this happen because it's, um, it's something that I think we've all appreciated so much. And we want to, we want to make sure that other people can have this experience too. So, so we're doing everything we can, but nobody's, nobody's making money. You know, this is not even faith matters. Like we're just, we're just, we're trying to break even. So, and I'll say one more thing last year. That's kind of fun. Um, we had been told by event planners that it's a good idea to oversell by some margin because nobody ever comes on the same day. If it's a two day event, you're going to have some empty seats. And so we sort happen. of took their advice. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, we didn't oversell by much, but maybe 130 or so tickets. And on Friday morning, 
just everybody came. I don't know. And we, it was incredible, but it was also, uh, you know, my stomach dropped a little bit when we saw 60 or so people standing in the back. And, um, we had at the end of the day, a really stern talking to from our, our venue that said, you know, they said, this really can't happen again. Or the fire marshal is going to turn on your lights tomorrow. <laughs> and so, so we have made sure that if you have a ticket, you have a seat this year, but it's a, it's a hard stop at 3000. So if Maybe we you want to come, please we should come. tell the story. You tell us, you tell it so well, <laughs> but we were, so Friday night after the first day where there were people standing in the aisles and the venue comes and says that you, we can't do that again. Like the fire marshal needs to make sure that people have seats. Um, we were getting very, very worried that the next day, Saturday would be, um, <clears throat> would be even worse. The people are better, you know, depending on your perspective, <laughs> but like more people would, more people would come. And Aubrey and I and Zach, Faith Matters executive director, were there at 9 30, 10, just trying to figure out, is there any way we can add more seats? Can we move walls? Can we adjust the stage? Nothing was working. And it was getting to be highly stressful. So I'll, I'll set it up and then I'll read <laughs> okay. you take it away. So there was, um, there was just this sweet gentleman there who had been there throughout the day. He was the head of the custodial staff for us throughout the event. And he was there to reset the room. And he had just been so encouraging. He's a, a congregant of the, um, of a Baptist church in Salt Lake. And, and at some point during the day he'd come by and he said, you know, I just walked by this room and I could just feel that something great was happening in here. And he'd just come and give us little encouragements. And, and so when he saw clearly that we were distressed and like every, <laughs> we were just out of solutions, we'd tried absolutely everything and each solution had been shot down. And, and so he came and he, he just said, can I pray with you? And so he, had, and there were a few other volunteers that had stayed and were trying to help us figure this yeah. out. And, um, he, he, he gathered us all up into a circle and held our hands. And, and I don't remember everything he said, but the one phrase that still stays so clear in my mind, he said, he said in this prayer, he said, I bless these people from the crowns of their head to the soles of their feet, that they'll be able to solve this problem. <laughs> He's like, hallelujah. Wow. <laughs> Amen. And, and that was kind of the end of the night. There was not, we just hadn't, there was nothing else we could do. And so we went home and just hoped that somehow it was going to work out in the morning. And, um, and it did, we had the volunteers became ushers and they, they helped everyone find <laughs> seats that were very cozy and right next to each <laughs> other. And, and somehow we had a seat for everyone and the fire marshal showed up and he was the Mr. Rogers of fire marshals. And he said, I'm, you know, I'm not going to turn on the lights. I'm going to help you. And these, this is plan A and plan B and plan C, and we're going to wow. figure this out. Um, but I'll, and I'll tell you, um, after everything was successful and everyone had, was able to sit, um, and the event ended, I left, we had all gone home and I realized I left something in that room and I ran back up to get it and saw this same man who had prayed with us. And I said, it was fine. It all worked. Thank you. And he said, oh, I know. And he said, I went home and I rebuked the devil. And I said, <laughs> you give these people back their seats. <laughs> so I love we were, these behind the scenes stories. <laughs> oh my gosh. It was so great. We were so grateful, but we decided not to risk it. So this year, if you have a ticket, you have a seat. And, and tell us the venue. And I think people would know this, but you change venues. So let people, two questions, yeah. the locate, location, the new venue. And I think you've got a Thursday night that's new. You could talk about both of those. Yeah. That's right. So last year, it was just Friday and Saturday, um, essentially a nine to five. And it was at the Salt Palace in downtown Salt Lake City. Um, this year, in order to accommodate more space, um, we went to the, we're going to the Mountain America Expo Center. Uh, it's in Sandy. Utah. 
Um, we did get a lot more space. There'll be, um, there'll be food on site this time. So for lunch breaks, um, hopefully people can mostly, mostly stay close. Um, we, uh, oh, and Thursday night, like you said, this is a, this is a new addition. One of the pieces of feedback that we got last year was the programming was amazing. We just wish we had had more time to meet people and talk. And so that's what we're doing Thursday night is just come. The Faith Matters team will be there. Many of the speakers and presenters and artists will be there. Um, so just come and obviously many other people who are, uh, on a similar journey will, will be there. So I think Thursday night's going to be great. It's informal. You don't have to be there Thursday night, uh, Friday morning. Um, the, the main programming will, will start. Can and you again, pick up your the, ticket not, Thursday night? Can you register and sort of get your badge Thursday night? Yeah. And we're also mailing badges out this year. So, um, yeah, you'll, if you have your ticket in the mail, then you'll be able to just walk right in. But if not, then you can come pick it up early on Thursday and get your swag and just be totally set so that you can walk right in and get a good seat on Friday morning. Yeah. Um, so the, the main program will be basically a, sort of, again, a nine to five type of thing, nine to four thirty, nine to five on, on Friday and Saturday. There is a separate, separate, uh, event happening Friday night. That's not a, a part of, of officially restore, but same venue. Um, it's, and it's intended for younger, um, younger Latter-day Saints or, or whoever, obviously, um, I believe it's a $10 ticket. Um, and it's a, um, it's a panel. So Mallory Everton will be there, uh, Adam Miller, I think Patrick, um, and it's meant to sort of address specifically questions that Gen Z and, and younger Latter-day Saints are having. So that's, and that's separate. You don't have to buy the full restore ticket. You can just buy the ticket just to that event Friday, Friday night, if you'd like. And that will be a special experience that will feel really different because that one will be capped at 300. So a much smaller room um, and much smaller audience. And so there will be a lot more time for real, um, interaction and uh, with the panelists. Um, I love, I remember walking in Friday morning and feeling that energy and I think it was the topic, the speakers post COVID getting together. And mm. I think he'll duplicate that again. And I love um, the Thursday event because people do want to talk and yeah. connect and you're so um, aware of just um, your audience and their needs. I love the models you talk about. I mean, you didn't use the word models, but I love these four stages or three stages. And I think so many Latter-day Saints are looking for a model to make it work for them. And the old model may not work. And so I love this space of, because I went through a faith crisis and wondered, you know, as I moved through these different stages and, and um, I've shared some of that publicly, but now I look at it as a positive thing. Like Jared Halverson says, don't let a good faith yeah. crisis go to waste. And yeah. Right. <laughs> the de-shaming and the understanding and the positive, because it was positive. I'm glad I went through it. It's helped me, I think, be a better disciple of Christ and create mm -hmm. more belonging for myself and others, something that you're doing so well. So I love your audience description. I love the focus and I love this. The other word I wrote down was scale is that I love the way you don't want this to replace general conference or ward <laughs> attendance, but you want hopefully people to scale the things they're learning and their experiences back into our home war, into our wards and our families. And um, because the principles that restore and gather, I think are the things that Christ taught sort of put into action. So to create Zion, create more belonging. And so that work that you're doing, I saw a lot of people from our stake, my own stake there that I didn't oh, wow. really know would be at Restore. I mean, it's not like it would should surprise <laughs> me. Anybody from our stake is there, but I just recognize there's a lot of Latter-day Saints looking for 
um, this community just help be Latter-day Saints and create more belonging, and they want to um, improve things. So the work you're doing is great. Um, listeners, the discount that Tim mentioned will be, we'll put it in the show notes, just the word listen. You can put it on the um, restore. We'll also in our show notes put the link to register for the conference in our show notes. And you can, as part of that registration, put the word listen. I think in all caps or lower, it'll probably work either way. And that'll give you, as Tim suggested, a 20% discount. So thank you. Um, I noticed you've got, you know, some people like, I love this this combination of Spencer Cox, Thomas Griffith. Um, yeah. <laughs> they're so, as I look through the agenda, listeners, for the second time, I noticed just the work you've done to improve it. I, you know, with the, the artists, the music, and the speakers, and they're all just, yeah, keynote speakers just scattered throughout two days. But tell us a little bit more about this one. And because these are two politicians or a judge and a politician, I'm sensing what they're going to talk about um, just because I know a little bit about both of them and the work they're trying to do. But I just love seeing them on the agenda. Any more you want to talk about them? Yeah. Well, Governor Cox has been uh, working on this initiative, um, Disagree Better. And uh, I, I hope that people, when they hear, you know, when they see a politician um, on stage, they're not thinking that this is this has become a partisan yeah. uh, event by any means or an issues uh, based event. It is it is not um, one thing that we really believe that Governor Cox has done well is encourage this better, this better disagreement ways for us to have. Um, I mean, I mean you, maybe in Latter-day Saint. Uh, vocabulary, you could call it conflict without contention, you know, a way for us to um, show up in the public discourse without demonizing and without creating, uh, without creating others, um, without being tribal in our, in our stances. And uh, I think we're going to hear from, I think we're going to hear from Governor Cox and Judge Griffiths uh, primarily on, on that topic. Um, Judge Griffith is an incredible, uh, an incredible thinker. For a long time, he was uh, the highest ranking um, Latter-day Saint in the judicial branch of government has had a long, um, a long and successful career as a judge, uh, incredibly insightful and also very passionate about this topic of um, healing uh, polarization in in our society, especially in the United States. And um, we're going to hear from we're going to hear from both of them on that. And I think it's a uh, this I mean the polarization that we're feeling uh, politically in the country. Um, you know, I think to some extent exists. Um, in our church and in other in our other faith communities, the same uh, the same sort of tribal instincts that we're seeing arise in the secular world are are appearing in the religious world, and you know, and vice versa. And I think it's one of the most one of the most pressing issues um, in both in both of those worlds that we could all we could all do better with. And so I'm I'm very excited about that about that session. I think it's going to be really important. I think. I think that session in particular, but I, I think there will be a handful that that are sort of trying to model this exact thing we were talking about with Brian McLaren's um, four stage church concept, and that and just it's just just this constant real time reminder that the goal is not to all be on the same page. Like that's not healthy. That's not healthy community. Healthy community is genuinely being able to accept and value the gifts of, of people across the spectrum politically or, or in, in faith development or adult development, all, people in a different people with some sort of diversity have gifts and perspectives that will, um, that will be complementary to our own blind spots. And so those are, that's, that's like healthy goodness. And it can also be very uncomfortable, but I, I think if we could 
have a couple of days of practicing being uncomfortable and then and then recognizing something that is either a shared value or or a a perspective that we have not been able to appreciate or or see on our own before, I think that would be a success. And it would be something that would be so fruitful to take home with us. And I'll say this has got me thinking just about some of the feedback that we got last year, which was, man, some of the <laughs> sessions, you know, that I really disagreed with what was said. And then the next one got up and that just spoke to me. Um, this is not, this is not going to be in a sort of single ideology that you're going to hear by any means. You will hear a diversity of perspectives up on that stage. And that's, um, that's intentional. Um, well, and we would get messages that would be the exact opposite. Like <laughs> the speaker that didn't resonate with one was somebody yeah. else's favorite. And, and I think that's probably, that's probably a good thing. <laughs> yeah. It's something we try to do on your podcast, uh, on our podcast. And I think you do on yours, Richard, um, is not, uh, not shut down any type of voice, uh, because, of, because of what they're saying. Um, it's, uh, obviously our, our speakers and presenters are, you know, vetted for, uh, lots of different on lots of different angles, and we we do think they all have valuable things to say, um, but we don't even necessarily agree with everything that's going to be that, that, with everything that's going to be said at Restore. But it should all be all be food for thought, um, and it should all be modeled in uh, as um, as how to uh, speak with each other in a loving uh, Zion-like community. That's what we're hoping. And and maybe just one more thing to add to that. I I was talking recently with a friend of Faith Matters, Jacob Hess, and and we have often disagreed on on a lot of things but he he articulated something that i think has been really important in um for the whole faith matters team and that is that we're always trying to center on this spirit of truth and so i and i like that phrase because i think it it's it typifies what is actually important that it's not necessarily that we come down on the same side or that we we end up with the same conclusion because we all have different backgrounds and DNA and experience and, and, and genuine spiritual gifts. And so I think what we're, what hopefully everyone will be able to experience in every conversation that happens at Restore is this, is the spirit of truth. And I think when, when that's what you feel in the room, um, you, it, there is, I guess this experience of love, like you even if you disagree, you can feel, I think, what I used to very like comfortably always call feeling the spirit like that, that's the feeling in the room. And I think maybe now awe feels more like the right word, but it, it's just incredible to be able to hear someone that you disagree with, but you can totally recognize that spirit of truth. And, and it feels like that's all that actually needs to happen to have a connection with somebody. Listeners, this is more than just a background at Restore. There's some really powerful nuggets. One of them is just how well, you two work together. I remember listening to the very first time I listened to an episode, and that's what led me to want you to be on the podcast, talk oh. about your story. But you two role model equality in a couple. You never speak over each other. You never have to be the one with the last word. You role model, I think, in a wonderful way, just a couple in equality. And I've seen you do that. I'm running the Restore events. I've seen you in the podcast. I've seen it here. And But then you have all these golden nuggets of just information. And, you know, I've thought a lot about um, Zion to me used to be sameness because I grew up in a very homogeneous world where everything was the same and I could go through the list and I won't. But now I'm looking at Zion as that four-stage church where everybody in their individual stage feels equally needed, belonging, contributing, and the goal isn't to get everybody into one stage. 
Now, that's a change for me in recognizing that the beauty of that, I've wondered. And so, our, and so we talk about that at church, but a lot of people are coming to restore and they're um, in mixed faith marriages or mixed political marriages or families. And, and so we're all living this maybe in our congregations, but also in our personal lives, in our families, in our own marriages. And so I think when you talk about some of these speakers, um, one of the reasons I'm looking to attend Restore is just principles that I can heal our divide and not change my belief or sell out what I just saw people agree and I could get peace, but actually develop principles um, to create space and still have us unified in the gospel of Jesus Christ, unified as families, unified in um, truth like um, Jacob Hess, I think you mentioned, yeah. um, really wonderful mind. And so that's one of the reasons I love the work you're doing. And and I'm, you know, deep, really supportive of Spencer Cox, Governor Cox, and, and um, Judge Griffith, and the and this healing our divide and um that's such a concern for me and how you know religion can't just be an extension of our political party it has to be a higher holier way um maybe even our political parties need to be that way too but at least we can rise above that when we come to church and come to our families and so because there's so much divisiveness and so much you know you understand that well so I love that you're stepping in these really complicated spaces and having really thoughtful people, including yourself, step forward because we need this content um, in our in our world today and in our faith and our families. Uh, Thank Melissa, you. Thanks for all of that. Yeah, that's very kind, especially coming from someone like you who models <laughs> it for us. You're very yeah. kind. Um, listeners, we'll link to the Restore sign-up website. We'll link to Faith Matters. We'll we mention that discount code, 20% off. You can stick that in when you sign up and get a discount. Anything else, Aubrey or Tim, you'd like to share? I'll just say um, we have this experience sometimes of meeting somebody who has listened to the podcast and and they very often say like, oh, I feel like I know you. And <laughs> and I always just want to explain that like, I feel like I know you. I feel like I know them in the same way. Like as soon as you can connect with somebody on something as vulnerable and as personal as your faith, there really is just the deepest connection that that's so much deeper than any sort of like get to know you questions. And I love, I love meeting people who are having these conversations with us on the other side of the <laughs> speaker, because it, it really does feel like we belong to each other. And, and for me in a really personal way, that's been such a healing experience. And so I'm so looking forward to having that experience at Restore and just meeting people who are having these same conversations because it it feels like there's just so much love and connection in the room without saying a word. And I'll just I'll just add this is the scariest weekend of the year for me by far. <laughs> I'm a I'm an introvert uh and I've never been a I've never been a spotlight guy and is that true Aubrey? Is, is he really an introvert, Aubrey? Do you agree with that? I can <laughs> confirm this so much. Like he needed like eight days of recovery. No recovery. Yeah. <laughs> um, but so just the, that to say, um, th- there will be there will be nerves, no doubt. Uh, I will screw up. We will screw up. Things will um, things will go wrong. This will be uh, this will be imperfect. But please just know that it's offered. It's offered with love, um, and that we're um, we're trying to. Uh, we're trying to bring bring people together and you know heal some of those divides and recognize that we're all 
on a journey together as brothers and sisters. And I, last year, honestly, once I, once we were once we were into it, I did feel very buoyed <laughs> up by by everybody, by Aubrey, Faith Matters team, the volunteers, even the even the attendees. Um, I, there was a especially there was a really um, a really strong uh, spirit of just that uh, that unity and support. And so I, I'm sure that'll I'm sure that'll be the case again this year. Thank you both, um, Aubrey and Tim Chavez, Richard Osler signing off from another episode of Listen, Learn, and Love. And see you at Restore.